Buckaroos. Welcome to the Big Time Show. I'm your host, Dr. Chuck Tingle, coming to you live from Billings, Montana, the dream state. Have you ever turned on the news and thought, what the heck is this? Sometimes I have this way when I'm sitting in the living room with son John and Chloe, watching all the big timers pretend to be in band talking head with their big suits and their blank stares, just gazing in the camera, talking about how the heckin' world is falling into a giant trash can made of bones. I have seen this way on many channels, and it makes me think, is this world really made of trash bones? I do not think this world is trash bones. I think that it, that it is a beautiful place with all kinds of exciting ways that prove love, but I also understand that it can be easy for even the most playful trotting buckaroo to feel down in the dumps in this way. Sometimes a buckaroo will think, what the heck do I matter? I'm just a small dot in a big universe. Well, guess what, buddy? You're not just some dot. You're part of a big old painting. And the more you zoom out, the more you start to realize it looked like dots up close, but it's actually a painting of handsome abs. So if the news makes you feel down in this way, like the whole thing is falling apart, and just like a log on a stick wagon, just remember it's all about perspective. Truth is, there's a lot of heckin' ways to see the world. Some buckaroos might see a glass of water and say, that's half empty. And then another buckaroo comes along and says, that glass is handsome, who the heck cares what's in it? And then another buckaroo says, that's not a glass, that's just somebody pretending to be a glass so they can get free water. Same thing goes for big time news. You gotta keep your thinking cap on tight when you watch to make sure you're not putting too much fake news into your brains. But who the heck can tell anymore? Everyone's calling everyone else's news fake as heck, making it hard to tell the real deal from a reverse twin. Most important thing is to think on it for yourself, buddy. Gotta ask yourself, is this news bud talking lies or telling truths? Is this news station getting tips from the world around us? Are they scraping off ooze from the bottom of the void and putting it on the dang TV? This is real important. Because the last thing you want to do is start watching channels broadcast from deep within the void. Have you ever known someone who watches void news? First, they seem like their trot is proving love. They're a friendly bud who wants to talk on all kinds of things like how the trees are handsome or how nice it is to give to buckaroos in need. Then they watch void news. Next thing you know, their brain is leaking from greater void madness, moaning on and on in a state of endless cosmic horror. No longer do these scoundrels want to prove love, but prove fear instead. And that is no way to trot in this amazing timeline around us. So use your best judgment, buckaroos. Is your news being broadcast from this timeline of love or from a place of fear deep within the endless void? Today's tingler is fake news, real boners. An important tale about what happens when you realize your news might have less love in its trot than you first thought. We have a very special true buckaroo reader joining us here in the Tingleverse, name of Danny Tamborelli. As a big time fan of his hit show, Pete and Pete, this makes me trot playfully up and down the whole dang block. These days, he has big time podcasts like I do as Radio Man, name of The Adventures of Danny and Mike, and that sounds like a fun lesson for all fans of his way. All right, buckaroos, get ready for a tale of truth and justice in the Tingleverse as Danny Tamborelli reads Fake News, Real Boners. Fake News, Real Boners by Chuck Tingle. If you ask someone who their favorite writer is, most will immediately jump to the classics of genre, like King, 
Rowling, or Tingle. These titans of literature are both popular and prolific, flooding the world with incredible tales that have, over time, become the shining diamonds of fiction. Of course, there are plenty of other readers who will reply that they favor stories of nonfiction, tomes of information placed in just the right order to elicit reactions of wonder and amazement. Documentarians of the written word are much less appreciated, I find, but still looked after by the masses at large. Fewer still, however, appreciate the most looked-over nonfiction writers of them all, the authors behind our news. You'd think that the ones bringing us up-to-date information from all around the world would get all the glory, but in most cases, people don't even pay attention to the author behind the articles. Sure, some news personalities find themselves in the spotlight, but most of them are in front of the camera instead of between the lines. When you're as much of a news hound as I am, however, you start to notice the same names popping up over and over again. I'm fascinated by the comings and goings of the world around me, and because of that, I spend an hour and a half every morning reading the paper or going through my favorite blogs online. It's nice to get a multitude of perspectives on the issues, and even more importantly, reading multiple sources lets you find those little gems that fall through the cracks. You know he's right. That's what I do when I read. I I, I go get a little bit from this, get a little bit from that, and then put my own you know, idea together, which could actually bestow you a uh, little gem, you know, that falls through the cracks, as Chuck was explaining. Jessica Bordeaux had been my favorite source of these journalism nuggets for years now, and the more time goes by, the deeper her scoops have become. By now, her nuggets of truth have become massive chunks, powerful insights on the stories that the rest of the press seems to be ignoring completely. It's gotten to a point now that Jessica is the only one I care to read, excited to get her straight shooter input on subjects that the other blogs won't dare touch. In a world of lies, Jessica shows me the truth through her daily posts on buttbart.com. <laughs> She's my favorite author because of this. But I'd be lying if I said that that was the only aspect of my attraction. Truth be told, Jessica Bordeaux is an absolutely stunning woman. Black hair and blue eyes with a smile that could knock you off your feet if you weren't careful. I've only seen one photograph of this angel, the photo that accompanies all of her articles online, but even that is enough to kick my heart into overdrive. First and foremost, though, I, I respect her mind. I, I want to make that clear. The newest Butt Bart article is absolutely incredible, speaking to me in a way that has to be experienced to be fully understood. Don't think I read that sentence properly. This is my New Jersey public school system coming through here. The newest Butt Bart article is absolutely incredible, speaking to me in a way that has to be experienced to be fully understood. It is transcendent. Can you believe it? Jessica writes. Everything you thought about those goofballs was real, and this finally proves it. <laughs> you're so smart. If you share this, your elitist friends are going to feel so dumb. I can't wait to see the look on their faces when you hit them with all of these solid facts. Let's get to it. Fact. 
You know what's real and what's not because you're not some goofball blinded by the media. They might have data, but you've got opinions. And who says those can't hold just as much weight? I've got opinions too, and I've also got a website. Look who's smart now. Wow, can you believe how dumb everyone else is? You're not like them. You're a free thinker who has it all figured out. Nice one. You're really amazing. (sighs) Incredible. I'm reading Jessica's newest post on the liberal media's connection to the space dinosaur agenda when my friend Gorn approaches, breaking my concentration. I look up from my laptop, suddenly thrust back into a subtle din of the coffee shop that buzzes around me. Tubo! Gorn shouts, smiling wide. What's going on, man? Haven't seen you in forever. I grin, too, standing up to greet this old friend. We hug briefly, and then I motion for the chair across from me. Sit. Talk to me for a minute, I offer. I pull my laptop back a little in an effort to make room at the small table. (laughs) This is so crazy seeing you here. I'm just in town for the weekend. I didn't know that you lived here still. I nod. Yep. Never really felt the call of the big city. I'm happy right here for now. The world is a big, fascinating place. But I'll take the slow lane for myself. Hey, nothing wrong with that, offers Gorn. Are you living in Los Angeles? I question. Gorn nods. Yeah, I had to make the change for work. It's great to get back here sometimes, though. When I finally settle down and raise a family, I'll come back for sure. It would be nice to have you, I inform him. Gorn nods, taking a long sip from his coffee as he leans back into his chair, settling for a moment. I hope the town is still this small by then, he continues looking out through the window next to us his eyes darting back and forth across the people who pass us by. I don't think that will happen, I assure him. Gordon laughs. (laughs) You say that now, but there's some high-profile folks moving out here to escape the city life, my old friend explains. Oh yeah? I ask curiously. Like who? Rumor has it that Brad's Pit just got a place out by the lake, Gordon informs me, and then leans in. You know who else I heard just moved in town? Who? I question, excited for a little gossip. That one fake news lady, says Gorn. You know who I'm talking about, right? Fake news? I question aloud. (laughs) No, I don't know her. Gorn taps his fingers across the table, thinking hard now. (laughs) You know, um, what's her name? Uh, I shake my head. I only read the real news. She's got... Black hair, I I think her name is, um, yeah, her name is, uh, it's, it's, he trails off, then suddenly claps loudly as he finds the word that he's searching for. Jessica Bordo. That's it. Oh, she's living out by the lake now, too. That was easy. I stare back at my friend in stunned astonishment, trying to figure out if he's actually just messing with me right now. Maybe he saw the website I was reading before he sat down, and this is just some kind of wildly inappropriate practical joke. (laughs) What do you mean, fake news, I question. You know, fake news, Gorn repeats back to me. Like, ridiculous conspiracy theory stuff, secret space raptor butt invasions, government cover-ups, buttbart.com, that kind of thing. You don't think there's a space raptor butt invasion happening right now. I question, the aggression suddenly seeping into my voice just a little bit too much. 
Corn laughs, shaking his head. He appears to think that I'm just being sarcastic. No, I'm serious, I continue. You don't think they're coming over from mother of the timelines and, and, and infiltrating our, our, our government? My friend suddenly stops laughing, his smile melting away as he stares back at me from across the table. That's crazy, Gorn tells me. What about all the footage of their ships behind the White House, I question. President Yolduk knows more than he's saying. Gorn scoffs. <laughs> footage? He asks. Have you seen it? My friend's questions stopped me dead in my tracks. Come to think of it, I, I haven't actually seen the footage for myself. Well, no, I admit, shaking my head. Don't you see that Jessica Bordeaux is just trying to make a buck? Gorn explains. She's just making up sensationalized stuff so people will keep coming back to that nutty website of hers. This nutty website? I suddenly erupt, spinning my laptop around so that my friend can witness the euphoric words that are covering my screen. Gorn's eyes go wide when he sees what I was reading, then immediately starts backtracking his words. Ah, it's too late for that now, unfortunately. I, I, I think you better leave, I announce loudly, interrupting Gorn's fumbling attempt to keep the peace. Not knowing what else to do, my former friend eventually goes silent and then stands up from his chair, walking towards the coffee shop door. He places his head against the frame, about to push outward, and then stops. Gorn turns back around to look at me. I know I'm not going to talk you down from whatever trip you're on right now, Gorn explains, but I do have one suggestion. If you really think that's not fake news, then... Why don't you go to the source? I'm not quite sure what he means by this, so I remain silent in an attempt to assert my dominance. Go out to the talk to Jessica. Go, <laughs> go out to the talk to Jessica. Every time I read it, it reads the same. Go out and talk to Jessica, Gorn continues. See how real she is. With that, my former friend leaves in a huff, slamming the door behind him as he disappears out into the crowd beyond. I turn back to my laptop and take a long sip from my coffee, considering Gorn's words. I trust Jessica, I, I really do, but there is something about his ferocious skepticism that has me thinking in brand new ways. Maybe I should go stop by Jessica's place, if only to welcome her to the city. I immediately begin to scour the internet for my favorite author's new small town address. That's creepy. In today's world, it's so, it's so easy to just go online and Google someone's name and find their address, and all of a sudden you're getting stuff mailed to you. Not that it's happened to me, but I'm just saying, it, it has happened to me. And it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can find out if you pay $1.99 to some website to find out all your information for a year. And with that, you can get your address and phone number and everything else. I shouldn't be telling people on here about that because now more people can do it and I'm helping to spread. Forget all of what I just said. I have to admit, from the outside of the house, I find Jessica's modesty quite admirable. Wow, he really found the house quickly. For one, her home is not actually on the lake, but a few miles back, set into the hillside between several similar residences. Probably big houses. Fake news. There's a lot of money in fake news. There is nothing particularly lavish about the place. I should have kept reading. 
I glanced down again at the printed paper gripped tightly within my hands, reading the blogger's address carefully to myself, confirming every number and nuance. Looks like this really is the place. Take a deep breath, and then start heading up the front walk. Let it be known, I trust Jessica more than I've ever trusted anyone, but I can't help feeling a slight twinge of nervous apprehension deep down in my gut. I try to push it away, but it's there. I can't wait to get this over with so I can put this doubt away for good. I arrive at the front door of the house and rap three times against the front screen, listening as a dog starts to bark and yip from somewhere inside. I can hear someone shuffling around for a moment, quieting the dog and approaching the door from within. Who is it? Someone calls out, their voice both raspy and frail. Uh, my name is, uh, Tubo, I explain. I'm here to talk with you for a moment. I'm a huge fan of your work. You selling something? The voice calls out. No, I, I just wanted to say hi, I continue. You can hear several locks springing open, up and down the length of the door, and then suddenly it yanks open, revealing an older woman with a hairnet on and a cigarette hanging limply from her lips. Okay, hi, the woman says gruffly. Are you Jessica? I stammer, taken completely off guard. She looks nothing like the photos. Jessica? The woman repeats back to me, a twisted expression of confusion on her face. Nobody here named Jessica. The writer, I continue pushing. Jessica, the news blogger? A smile begins to make its way across the woman's lips, stretching farther and farther, until eventually she bursts into a fit of laughter. <laughs> what? I stammer in confusion. <laughs> Come on in, the woman says, opening the door and waving me inside. I think you'll find what you're looking for right downstairs. I step into the house and immediately get the feeling that something strange is going on. This is not at all the type of chic, modern home I would have expected from one of the world's most prominent voices in online news. I stand frozen in the entryway for a moment, trying to realign my thoughts while the older woman stands next to me, waiting patiently. Eventually, she motions me towards the stairway, and I start forward, slowly, carefully, I know where this is going. I'm already foreshadowing my... my <laughs> Slowly, carefully, I creep down the stairs and into a darkened basement, the only light before me radiating outward in a dim, dull blue. I can hear the sound of a keyboard clacking away somewhere within this hollow space, the sound bouncing back and forth off the cold cement walls, my heart pounding a mile a minute. I want to call out, but I can't find the words. Instead, I continue forward in silence until suddenly I find myself standing behind a large figure whose outline is illuminated by the screen before them. I can immediately tell that the being before is not the woman I expected. In fact, it's not even a woman at all. Jessica? I ask, not knowing what else to say. The figure stops typing, frozen in silence. <clears throat> yes? They ask, their voice crackling slightly as they try to disguise it. 
I'm a big fan, I continue, but I'm guessing you're not who you say you are. Why would you say that? The figure questions. Because you've got a giant spiral horn on the top of your head and a beautiful flowing mane, I counter. Realizing that the game is up, the creature spins around in his chair to reveal the face of a handsome unicorn. (laughs) Eyes tired and weary from staring at a screen for too long in the dark. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Who knew that... Handsome unicorns were running the fake news. A wave of disorientation suddenly washes over me, almost knocking me off of my feet. If Jessica Bordeaux's identity had been a lie, then what else about this incredible internet news empire could be a work of fiction? Who are you, I ask. Who are you, really? The unicorn hesitates. Can we take a walk? The cool air off of the lake feels pleasant against my skin, but the beautiful scenery is not enough to settle the potent anxiety that courses through my veins. My unicorn companion and me are trotting down a path that leads around the waterfront, silent for now as a myriad of thoughts continue to flow through our minds. You're no Porshpeen is my name. The unicorn finally admits, breaking the silence. Jessica is just someone that I made up to get more readers. I shake my head. But why? You're handsome enough as a unicorn, I confess. People don't trust unicorns, Yerno explains. If you're made of magic, people assume that you're trying to trick them with it. If you want to sell fake news, it's just not going to work. Fake news? I repeat back to him, unable to understand wholly the unfamiliar concept. It's for ad revenue, Yerno explains. The companies pay us for clicks, regardless of the content. If I come up with a really great story, I could be rolling in cash overnight. Why are you living in your parents' basement then, I question. You're one of the most popular news sites out there. Did you see the Lambo in my garage? The unicorn questions. Who cares where you're living when you've got one of these bad boys? I shrug. I mean, it's your money. A look of concern crosses Urano's face very briefly, but it's not quick enough for me to ignore it. I get the sense that this enchanted creature has lost his way. A character that once provided me with so much assurance, suddenly seeking guidance of his own. Why don't you try real news, I ask. You're such an amazing writer. Most of the real news companies are American. They don't pay as well as the Russians' fake news sites, Urano counters. What? I ask a little alarmed. Russian? You're no shrugs. I don't know, but for some reason the Russian companies really want this fake news out there. I'm not sure how to react to this, so I, I say nothing in return, plunging our conversation into silence once more. Eventually, our casual stroll leads us to a dock that extends onto the lake. We turn off onto the structure and walk down a long series of wooden planks until reaching the end. Yerno and I stop, staring out across the water. I, I thought I'd finally found something honest in this crazy world, but now I, I realize that everything's a lie, I admit solemnly. Not everything, the unicorn assures me. 
just the crazy conspiracy theories that your conservative friends post on social media. I let out a long sigh and then gaze around at the natural wonder before me. I guess you're right. This is honest, isn't it? The unicorn sniffles a bit. Yeah, it is. I glance over to realize that Yurno is now tearing up, a single streak of saltiness gliding down his chiseled face. Are you okay? I question. <laughs> I hate doing this, Yurno says. I hate writing fake news. I, my life used to be so full of meaning, and now it's just a mess of, well, nothingness. Not sure what else to do. I put my arm around the unicorn and pull him close. Immediately, a surge of electricity pulses through us. Something I would have only expected if Yurno was who he said he was, but now this feeling is distinctly sexual. 100% sexual. All in sexual. Those are my ad libs. Chuck Tingle didn't write that. I just felt the urge to, to really drive that home. An aching lust for my new companion, and it comes as entirely unexpected, mostly because I have never once felt attracted to another man until now. Still, there is no denying this incredible pull. I find myself completely blown away by Yurno's newfound honesty. His desire for truth after a past full of lies? I'd been attracted to his writing more than the meaning behind it, and maybe that was worth something in its own strange way. I don't want to lie anymore, Yurno tells me. I don't want to lie to anyone else. I, I, I don't want to lie to myself. We exchange glances, our eyes locked in some kind of strange and powerful standoff until finally, take a deep breath and go in for the kill. I lean forward and kiss Yurno deeply on the lips, a moment that he fully reciprocates. The next thing I know, me and Yurno's hands are roving wildly across one another's muscular bodies, searching for the physical truth of one another under this haze of fiction. It's not long before my fingers begin drifting lower and lower, eventually undoing the unicorn's belt and pulling forth his enormous cock. The creature is already rock hard as I begin to stroke him, pulsing my hand across the length slowly at first, then speeding up over time. Eventually, I'm just too horny to hold back any longer and drop to my knees before the magical beast opening wide and taking his shaft between my lips. I frantically get to work, pumping my face over your nose dick, cradling his hanging balls with one hand while I work my magic. I pull out and lick his shaft from the base to tip, savoring the taste of his hearty unicorn rod before plunging back down again. This time, I push my face even further, relaxing my gag reflex as I take Yurno in a perfectly performed deep throat. I let the unicorn hold me here for a moment, listening to the soft slosh of the waves on the dock below. The breeze continues to make me feel alive for the first time in ages, and the cock in my throat doesn't hurt either. Yurno leans back, his unicorn head, and lets out a long, satisfied neigh. <laughs> his voice carrying out across the water. He stamps his hooves on the wooden dock playfully. 
He's got hooves. He must be speaking to the computer to write these stories. I'm convinced. He stamps his hooves on the wooden dock playfully, showing me his best trot as I continue to service him. Finally pull back for air with a gasp, and then turn around on the ground, pop my ass out at Yerno. I reach back and undo my belt, slipping the fabric to reveal my round, muscular rump. You like what you see? I coo. <laughs> I love it, Yerno tells me. It's the most real thing I've ever laid eyes on. <laughs> this is all real, I assure him. All the butt that's fit to pound. I reach back, give my ass a playful slap, and then spread my cheeks with the one hand to reveal the tightly puckered hole in all its glory. Yerno takes no time getting down into position, getting behind me, aligning his massive rod with the rim of my back door. I can feel him teasing me for a moment, testing my taut anus with the head of his shaft before suddenly slipping all the way inside. The unicorn's powerful thrust causes me to brace myself on the dock below. A long, aching groan escapes my lips, ooh, as my body struggles to adjust to his enormity. Even though I had taken Yerno in my mouth just moments before, I still find his size somehow surprising. It's massive girth stretching my butthole to its absolute limits. With every pump from behind, however, my body begins to adapt. The searing discomfort slowly gives way to something else entirely, a feeling of fullness that I have never before experienced. I find my body torn between uncomfortable ache and blissful pleasure, every thrust against my backside pulling me towards the latter. Oh my god, I'm so fucking full of your fake news writing dick! I yell. You're filling my ass like you filled my brain with misinformation! Egged on by my erotic words, the unicorn speeds up faster and faster and faster until he's slamming as hard as he can, going up into my rectum. The dock below me is shaking so violently that I'm worried it's going to collapse, but somehow the thing manages to stay together. Harder! I scream. Fuck me harder! Seized with arousal, Yurno suddenly pulls out of me and flips me over onto my back. My legs splayed out to either side. The enormous magical creature kneels down before me and repositions his cock at my new reamed entrance. This time, Yurno doesn't waste a moment getting to business, thrusting inside of me with his powerful grace and pounding away my butthole with a series of deep swoops. With every slam up my ass, my muscular legs shake in the air, wide and proud as I give myself over to Yurno completely. No more lies, the unicorn huffs. I trust you. I really trust you. I moan. I trust you too, offers the unicorn. This is all that matters, this moment right here. Fuck yes, I reply, my eyes rolling back in my head. I can feel a strange new sensation pouring out across my body now, starting at the pit of my stomach and then running out down my arms and legs in a strange pulsing waves. It's a dull warmth, overwhelming and erotic as it radiates from somewhere incredibly deep within me. It's not long before I realize that this is the magical prostate orgasm I've heard so much about. Helping myself along, I reach down between my legs and grab a hold of my cock, then beat myself off in time with the new authoritative slams up my butt. Each movement causes the feelings brewing within me to grow at an exponential rate, 
until suddenly they are exploding across my entire body, blowing out every one of my senses. In this moment, I feel as though I'm floating above myself, watching my muscular frame below as it spasms and quakes in a fit of orgasm. Out here, in this new plane of existence, everything is real, even the news. Moments later, I collapse back onto myself as the final tremors of orgasm dissipate. Cum has blasted from my cock and covered my ripped chest in a beautiful pearly glaze. Now it's your turn. I tell Yurno with a smile. I want you to see the truth like I did. The unicorn pulls out of my ass and trots over to my face, hovering in a position while he furiously beats himself off. I stick out my tongue playfully, cradling Yurno's balls as I egg him on until finally the majestic beast unloads a massive load of warm jizz across my smile. I catch as much of it as I can in my mouth while the rest of the unicorn spunk splatters down my cheeks on either side. Wow, that's graphic. <laughs> I swallow proudly, then suck whatever remains of his cum from Yurno's slowly deflating shaft. That was amazing, my unicorn lover gushes. It was, I agree, standing up and wrapping my arms around him. We stand like this for a moment, and then suddenly I'm being lifted into the air. Yurno has me in his mighty arms, holding me over the edge of the dock as I laugh and kick with playful excitement. The next thing I know, the magical creature is throwing me in, the water exploding all around me as my body is cleansed. I feel completely refreshed, somehow removed from my past as the cum washes away from me. There is a loud splash in the water next to me as the handsome unicorn jumps in. And the next thing I know, we are face to face in the cool blue as we tread together, face to face. This feels like what I was looking for the whole time, I tell Yurno. Yurno kisses me deeply on the mouth, reassuring me more than any words ever could. Dang, guess you never know who is the secret man behind a computer screen. One minute you think you're talking to a handsome T-Rex lawyer, and then the next thing you know, you're meeting up with a bad boy Bigfoot accountant. Not that that would be so bad, it's just not what you expected. I guess that's okay. Bigfoot accountant sounds handsome too. But anyway, buckaroos, long story short, try for yourself and make sure your trusted news source is located somewhere outside of the void. Most important, Always remember that love is real! Pounded in the butt by my own podcast is the Night Vale Presents production, written and hosted by Dr. Chuck Tingle. Our editor is Grant Stewart. Our sound designer, mixer, and composer is Vincent Cascione. Our producer is Christy Gressman. Our assistant producer is Adam Cecil. The theme song is Proving Love is Real by Caged Animals which is now available to stream or purchase wherever you get your music. This episode was narrated by Danny Tamborelli. The logo was created by Chuck Tingle. Very special thanks to Joseph Fink. You can get the book, Fake News, Real Boners, and many other classic tinglers on Amazon or at chucktingle.com. For more information, go to pounditinthebuckbymyownpodcast.com. Remember to subscribe wherever you like listening to podcasts. And thanks for listening. This is Tyler. He's a veteran of the Marines. I looked up, like, how long does it take to transition? What happens when someone does transition? And so I thought maybe it would be better if trans people weren't able to serve. I mean, yeah, I guess I just have a lot of questions. And this is Maddie. 
She is also a veteran of the Marines. Uh, I served for 16 years in the military. So the place I have in my heart for the Marines is right next to the place where I feel in my core that I'm trans. Hi, Maddie. Hello, how are you? Conversations with People Who Hate Me. Available wherever you love listening to podcasts.